0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today's guest is a powerhouse guest, Now, she's also a fellow rancher and a new fellow podcaster, and we'll get into all that goodness here in a minute. Today's guest is Jessie Jarvis, who was born and raised on her family's cattle ranch in southern Idaho, which at an early age instilled in her the importance of a strong work ethic and a deep appreciation for American agriculture and the Western way of life. In 2020, Jesse founded Of the West, a job platform that focuses solely on jobs in the agriculture and Western industries. As someone who has been on all sides of the spectrum as a job seeker, a business owner, someone looking for various service providers, and as a freelancer, Jesse deeply understands the obstacles one must navigate when job hunting or looking to hire for employment or project purposes in the agriculture and Western industries. She, her husband, Justin, and their two children are proud to be third and fourth generations carrying on their family ranching operation in Idaho. Without further ado, let me introduce you to our guest today, Jesse Jarvis. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now, I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me Kaya. It really means a lot. Well, I am so excited to connect with you in this way. Now, I have been a fan of yours on Instagram for I don't even know how long, and I am assuming that all of my listeners probably don't think I have real life friends because I think everybody I bring on is like, we became friends on Instagram, but that's it's 2023, right? This is how we make connections nowadays.
1: That's exactly how I
0: feel, and especially for everyone who lives rurally, like mm-hmm. the majority of your friends are not close by, which is the great power of social media. Oh my gosh. Amen to that. I seriously, when I think about like, and I know you resonate with this because you're a multi-generation person. When I think about our pioneering families, man, we got it good. We've got it so much easier. We are so much less isolated now than they were. And I just have to laugh and point out that before we started recording this today, you know, not everything's been ironed out in rural America because Jesse and I have had heck with our rural internet (laughs) today, just getting this episode to you. So we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go by golly.
1: I know. Can you imagine back in the days where if you wanted to connect with somebody, you had to like write them a letter and oh then somebody had to ride across the prairie with it?
0: Right? Like so wild. My mom's mom, sorry, we're already taking a tangent and we haven't even started, but we're going to ride this tangent out. You know, why not? My mom's mom, my grandma, I call her nanny. She's British. She's from England. And she met my grandpa when he was stationed in the Air Force overseas. And they got married While he was living abroad. And when she was 20 years old, she boarded a ship. She came by boat to the US. And she just said, Yep, I just was hoping that he'd be there when I landed. And I'm like, wow, to travel the world, to like move across the country, across the ocean when you were 20 back in the day. I mean, she had, you had to be so much braver then than you have to be now.
1: Oh, it was a different breed of people. And can I also say how cool it is that you're only one generation removed from that? Like, that is just wild to
0: me. Jesse, does it make you feel like I'm more exotic now because you know that?
1: (laughs) No, well, so I was just telling somebody else that I feel that way because my grandpa was born in 1906. Mm. So I am only one generation removed from like the beginning of the 1900s, which is also crazy. But I think that that's probably why we appreciate our family
0: heritage so much. I think you're probably right. Okay, so speaking of that, perfect segue to get us back on track, Jesse our family heritage. I know you are a multi-generation ranching gal, and we've already teased a little bit about this business that you've created that has been blossoming in such, such beautiful ways. But I want us to kind of back up and get your origin story. You know, I want to hear the story of how you got to where you're at, which is essentially being the founder of an ag startup tech company. Did you ever imagine that growing up on a ranch? No. And if I'm being quite honest, I still don't necessarily feel like I fit the bill,
1: right? I (laughs) Have no recruiting experience. I've never been in HR. I know nothing about tech. So mm-hmm. I, I am the trifecta of not being the perfect person, but here I am. So I, as you said, grew up on my family's cow calf operation in Southern Idaho. Out of school, I thought I want to get off the ranch. I was tired of having to work sun up till sundown, no mm-hmm. weekends, no vacation. And so I went to college. But about six weeks into my uh, journey into becoming an anesthesiologist, of all things, I realized, you know, I miss agriculture. I miss the Western way of life. Those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with and not necessarily the rest of what is out there. So I changed my degree to a business major, but I was going to a liberal arts college at the time. So there was no agriculture. I was the only ag kid there. There was no like ag comms degree or ag business option. So I did a business degree and then some finance in that because if that was at the time of like the 08 recession where if you had finance in your life you were going to set yourself up for a good job. So out of college I actually got an internship with our state's cattle association and after that internship I was offered a full-time job. I stayed there for a few years and then I came back home to the ranch. And it wasn't necessarily um I always knew that I would probably come back at some point. I hadn't planned on coming back that early in my career just because I wanted to go and see and do, right? But at that time, my mom was having some back issues. And my parents were looking at hiring another full-time employee to come work on the ranch. And I thought to myself, you know, if they're going to hire somebody, They might as well hire me, if you will, right? I might as well go back and help because being an only child, I knew that I was going to be part of that transition plan. And I didn't want to be in a predicament where something tragic happened and I was given something that I didn't know how to run. And then I wasted it, you know, because what is it? The first generation sows it, the second generation grows it, the third generation blows it. I did not want to be the generation that blew it. So I came back about 10 years ago and I have been here ever since with my husband and our now two children, which you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but as far as how of the West came into our lives, Justin and I, my husband, we have a very diverse set of backgrounds. So we grew up in the ranching industry in Idaho. If you're not a rancher, you're a farmer. So we have a really robust network of farmers in our lives. My husband rodeoed and still continues to, and I rodeoed when I was younger. So we have the Western sports side of things. You know, we have horses. We're very in tune with the equine side of things. I have experience and background in the Western lifestyle side of our industry. So we're very well connected in that sense. And we would consistently get calls from people saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Do you know of anyone who is hiring? Or, hey, I'm looking for an employee. Do you know anyone who would be a good fit? And we kind of felt like matchmakers. We never knew the right eligible candidate for the right job, if you will. But one time in at the beginning of 2020, we got four calls in a week. And I thought, holy cow, if we are getting this amount of calls with this problem in mind. There's got to be a bigger need out there. So I did a little research. I did my homework. I went to Google. I didn't see what I was looking for. And so I thought, you know what? I feel like this is the thing that our industry needs, but I also knew it would be a really big undertaking. And I didn't necessarily know that I was the right person for it because we already have a ranch. I already Mm -hmm. had things going on. We had a little boy who was two at the time, and I was also pregnant with Jackson. So there was plenty of stuff to go around. We're at a point where we need to be taking things out of our lives, not saying yes to more stuff. But I couldn't get the idea out of my head. So a couple months after, like coming up with that idea, I sat Justin down and I was like, the, "Like I can't get this out of my mind. I think this is something we need to run with. Like it's not going to be fun. It's probably not going to be cheap. Like I need your blessing. What do you think?" And
0: he was he said, "Yeah, let's go all in." And so we have gone all in on Of The West. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I need to back up a little bit. First of all, I love that you were like the token ag person at your liberal arts college. Because I I imagine that in hindsight, like, yes, you're very well connected in the Western space, but I imagine you also really appreciate having the connections outside of the Western industry that I imagine you, you connected with at college.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I will say, because I was the fish out of water, if you will it was such a good learning experience as far as how the, how outsiders of our industry see us Mm -hmm. and how they, their perceptions, you know, why they think the way they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that One of the things that I've then been able to take from that, I've been able to use that experience to my knowledge as part of my arsenal. Right. Mm -hmm. So then when I am talking to people who don't necessarily understand agriculture, I don't come at it from like the bull in the china shop. I'm going to bulldog you into believing the way that you should or the way that I think you should. But like I'm more of a listener because I was put into a situation where I had to listen to understand.
0: Mm, I love that. And I think that's so enriching. I I did go to an ag school, but I was not an ag major. Similar-ish to you, I thought I wanted to go the medical route. The reason I changed my mind was actually because I took a college chemistry class and just really poo-pooed that idea so fast. I knew medical was not my route. But I also started my first big kid job was at a Cattlemen's Association in Kentucky. So man, that's just a great, great place to start. Do you know what my favorite thing ever in the entire world is? Talking. Surprise, surprise, I have a podcast. But not just talking into a microphone. No, my favorite thing ever is talking and connecting with people. And more than anything, really empowering people to recognize their own power and magic within them. In fact, I love it so much that I have opened up my calendar for you to be able to book your very own Power Hour coaching session with me. So if you're needing some support to tackle your big goal, whatever that may be, maybe overcome self-doubt or reconnect with yourself on a deeper level, if you've ever wanted to pick my brain, bounce some ideas off of me or ask me for specific guidance when it comes to business or making a website or launching a podcast or really whatever it is, or heck, even if you just need to laugh, cry or dance with someone, by golly, I am your girl. I have just opened up my private one-on-one coaching power hour sessions. Now, what does that mean? Well, a power hour means that you get to book me on my calendar for one hour. That's one hour, no strings attached. You don't have to commit to some long coaching program. It's just you and me and an empowered hour for connection, coaching, and growth in whatever topic, and whatever direction you want to go. Because guess what I love? I love talking. And I love you, and I would love to help support you in whatever way I can. If you're interested in booking a power hour coaching session with me, visit com forward slash coaching or visit the link down below in the show notes. Again, to book a call with me, that is coachkaya.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to chat with you. Now, I love this story because you have this really strong, you know, your roots in ag. And I think if people are in agriculture listening to this, I know that they resonate with that multi generational story of, gosh, it's a lot of pressure to feel like, okay, this is, this is on my shoulders, especially for you as an only child. And I don't want to blow it. How has it been for you to navigate kind of your role on the ranch, especially because you have so many other roles to fulfill as a mom, as a wife, as a now this startup founder? How do you navigate, I guess, the pressure or maybe maybe the word maybe it's not pressure that you feel but how do you navigate i guess having the reins of your family's legacy in your hands
1: you know there has been a ton of pressure if i'm being quite honest and this is mm-hmm. this is a good question this is not anything that i've ever actually had to talk about before so Ooh, love. this yes this is the first in if you will i think that I have always felt a lot of pressure just because I am the next generation. And so my husband, he is involved every, every day in our operation. But at the end of the day, I feel like it is still like my family name, right? We are the Mm Rafter T Ranch and the Thompsons. And so I am the last Thompson and I really am. My -hmm. dad, he had a twin sister and she never had kids and she never married. So I really am like the last of our line. So I do feel a lot more pressure in that sense. So as far as my day-to-day operations go, I have transitioned to where I'm not as active on the ranch as I once was. So when Mm -hmm. I first came home for the first two years, I did work every day on the ranch and I might've had a few freelancing jobs kind of on the side just because I'm somebody who doesn't like to sit still. Mm -hmm. But the ranch is what I did seven days a week. And then once Justin and I got married and he came to our family operation, there wasn't necessarily enough work for... My mom, my dad, Justin, and Gustavo are employee. So I thought to myself, well, I'm the person who has the most opportunity to go find something else and to go do something new and bring in outside income. Because I also saw the importance of diversifying our interests, right? You know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with not diversifying your interests, but I also it's something I recommend doing. I think it's always a smart move, especially in agriculture because things can be so volatile. You don't you don't necessarily want to rely on mother nature and the cattle markets right that's if you yeah, if you rely more say in, <laughs> if you want to have a little bit more say into what goes on in your life that's probably a good idea right so i went and worked part time for a company where i was able to work remote which was great because then i was still able to be involved in our operation as needed but mm-hmm. then also at that time came kids and so kids yeah. i think have actually been the the biggest player in my stepping back from our operation because they are so young, right? Right now our kids are five and two or five and a half and two and a half. So they're still at ages where they can only do so much and only be safe so often. Mm -hmm. So they definitely, we do a lot together on our ranch with kids, but also at the end of the day, if I have our kids with them or with us, my job is to be a mom. It is not necessarily to be a, a rancher, if you will, right? My job is to keep them safe. So that has definitely kind of had a play, but also the transition of of the West too. So between kids and of the West, I kind of feel like of the West is my, yeah. is my third child, if you will. But I am very lucky to where we live on our ranching operation. So I can get involved. Usually I'm the person that everybody calls when there's some kind of <laughs> problem or like rescue mission that needs to take place because they know I'm going to be home. I am the one that ne- that always answers the phone and I am always around and available, they think which is, I mean, Uh I'm glad that they call. It's just never at a good time, right?
0: (laughs) Never, of course not, no.
1: (laughs) But I will say though, as far as like the, going back to the pressure of being an only child and, and kind of being that next generation, my husband and I, we are hell bent on being ranchers and continuing this for the next generation. And I think that one of the reasons that our family operation has been able to last as long as it has is And I I hate to say this, to be quite honest, but because it's only ever had to go through a single transition, right? So my grandpa died early on in his life to where my mom and, or my my dad and his mom were partners with his sister. Both of those women unfortunately passed away. So then it was like a single transition, if you will. So our family's never had to split anything. Obviously I am, will be a single transition, but then what happens when my kid's are involved right that is the the first time where we are that family split if you will or there are two there's two different families that one ranch needs to su- sustain and i know that the chances of this operation being able to sustain two families is probably pretty slim so that's one of the other reasons that i have really tried to diversify what it is that we do mm-hmm. so that we don't have to worry about splitting things up because as we all know that is how many family Farms and ranges unfortunately meet their end. So I want to do as much as I can ahead of time to prevent that from happening.
0: Mm, I love that. So you're you're really building with the future in mind, the future of your legacy, the future of your ranch, the future of your business, the future of your family. So. I know that you, it sounds like you saw this need, you and your husband saw this need in your community and you decided, okay, maybe I could be the one to fill it. Where did you find the courage or confidence to say, okay, let's do this. I have literally no experience, but why not? Like, how did that, I guess, how did you get the confidence to decide to step into that role of of letting yourself be the solution? You
1: know what? We always say that knowledge is power, right? But sometimes I think that there is power in not knowing anything because you don't know what you don't know. So you're more willing to jump in when you don't know that the water is a hundred feet deep, right? If you think you're just gonna wait on out there, you're totally gonna get in. But if somebody tells you, hey, the water's a hundred feet deep, you're not getting in. Well, I was blissfully unaware of all that goes into a tech startup. So that is that is how I took the leap. It was a lack of knowledge. And let me tell you, the learning curve has been so, so steep up until this point, and I am still learning every single day. I I consider myself like I'm not necessarily tech challenged, but when it comes to building websites and things like that, I know absolutely nothing about them. And I think that there are two different ways to go. And I have been somebody who's kind of I'm stuck in the middle, if you will. So I think that it's really important for you to figure it out yourself just so that you have that ability, right? But at the same time, I think that you need to do the things that you're good at and hire out the rest. So I have a really good team of web developers that have helped us. But I have also taught myself a lot just because what happens if those web developers leave, then they're they're basically taking my business with them, that's not going to work. So there's a very fine balance there of figuring things out for yourself and having enough knowledge to where you know, like, Is this right or is this wrong or is this what we should be doing so that you can make educated decisions? But then also bringing in people who that is their secret sauce, that is their
0: magic, that's the thing that they do well and allowing them to do it. That is such brilliant business wisdom right there. Because I think that at the beginning, a lot of times in businesses, right, we're bootstrapping. And I do think that it's so important to have the basic knowledge and foundation of the things in your business. Because to your point, someone on your team could quit, right? but in order to scale and grow it's also about it's knowing how to do it but also knowing how to find the person who can do it even better than you can
1: yeah you know and it's a fine it's a fine line too because i think of how often i have spent like hours learning on youtube videos and listening to podcasts about the most obscure things that are actually really vital to my business right but at the same time I'm not the person that can then take that from beginning to end. I have to have somebody to come in and do that for me. But at least then I can make those better decisions that allow for a more stable foundation for our company.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. So as we're recording this, we are midway through the year of 2023. So your business is around three-ish years old. I don't know what time what time of year you started in 2020, but tell me how it has evolved from conception to where it is today.
1: Ooh, this is a good question. So, and again, I feel like I'm kind of giving some backwards business advice, but I will. Ju- I guess my caveat will be, this is what worked for us. It will not work for everybody else, right? And I think there's a, a really big factor in figuring out what is going to work for you because you are unique, your business is new, unique. It is not a one size fits all plan. But for the first year of our existence, we operated for free. We made absolutely no money employers were able to use to post their jobs on our site. They didn't pay us a dime and job seekers were able to use the site for free. They are still able to use the site for free and they always will be, but we didn't bring in any money. And the reason that we did that is because if you have an employer, you also have to have a job seeker, right? If, if an employer is going to post their job on your platform, they're doing so because they want applicants.
0: Well, if you don't have
1: jobs, you don't have applicants. It is the the literal of the what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? You have to have both in order for them to happen. And so how are we going to affordably build both of those audiences at the same time? If we had capital or investors, obviously, we could have put a bunch of paid traffic behind that and we could have built it up and we could have charged people and it would have been great. We did not have investors. We did not have any kind of capital. So we wanted to go the organic route. And also that was a good scaling method for us because I, as a leader was able to scale myself alongside our business. But again, it was not like I had other side jobs. We had other things going. It was not something that we could solely like rely on because there wasn't anything coming in. But for the first year we did, that's how we built our business. And I will say it is not good business advice for everybody else, but it was what worked for us because I also know that there was never an employer who felt that they were taken advantage of. If a job happened to not get any applicants, nobody felt bad about it. As job seekers went through the site and they found kinks or they ran into issues, like we were able to fix them, slow and steady wins the race. And that was one of the things that really helped us pour a solid foundation.
0: I think that's brilliant. And I love that you caveated that it's not A structure for everyone, but I just think it's so fascinating to see how people grow businesses because I think successful businesses are not generally cookie cutter, right? And I, I just think that 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 strategy is honestly brilliant in helping you build those relationships too with those employers and many of whom I'm assuming. I, I guess I don't know. I'm curious. Those employers that came on board at the beginning when it was free, are those now your, your paid clients that use of the West still to this day?
1: Yeah, they are, which is really cool. And I will say that that is one of the things that I am proud of. We are very heavily rely on metrics and data. And we analyze that on a monthly basis to see how many companies did we work with this month? How many of them were new? How many of them are returning? Right? What was that conversion rate? And we have a very equal percentage of both, which For us, in the infancy stage that we're in, having new customers is just as important as having repeat customers. But some months, our repeat customers outpace our new customers. And that is a great feeling to have, especially knowing that we are a self-funded tech startup with no real experience in what it is that we're doing. But we're hitting the nail on the
0: head in some way. So... Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, I mean, outsider looking in, I am just blown away what you all have built in a very short amount of time. I mean, building businesses takes so much time and I can't wait to see what, how it's going to evolve. I think it's very easy for us to get into a, a familiar groove when it comes to our careers and stay in a position and stay in a field because we've been doing it so long and it doesn't feel it doesn't actually feel like the right fit, even if it's the thing that brings us joy or makes us more fulfilled. And so I guess I'm curious on the applicant side of things, do you have any insights or feedback or encouragement for someone who might be considering looking at different opportunities in the Western and ag space? Well, my advice would be do
1: it because honestly, what do you have to lose? You can apply for the job and you get the interview and they offer you the job. And then in your heart, you decide, you know, I don't think that this is the right fit for me. And you say, you know, this isn't the right fit. I respectfully decline. Right. I I understand that employers (laughs) probably don't love me giving that advice because they want applicants who are very serious. But at the same time, you're gaining experience by submitting a resume, right? You're gaining experience from taking the interview. That at least gives you a whole lot of self-confidence. If your resume was selected and you made it for the interview and you got the job, like that feels good, right? That gives you the boost of confidence that you need. And that's one of the reasons that we stay in things that are comfortable and not necessarily where we are meant to be often is because we don't feel fully confident in ourselves that we can make the leap.
0: Mm-hmm. So that
1: might be the thing, like the catalyst that sets it all in motion for you
0: so, so true. Just that one piece of action, even if you don't take the job, I am totally with you. I think that's great, great insight. Hey there. Have you ever thought about having your very own business or services talked about right here on the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast? Well, it is your lucky day, my friends. I am officially opening up opportunities to be a sponsor to have your very own 30 or 60 second ad right here within the show. To learn more about how you can partner with me as a podcast sponsor, or maybe even through Instagram, Facebook, or email marketing, visit coachkaya.com forward slash partner to learn more. I would love to work with you. From your work and working with these employers in this space, is there anything that you've learned or gleaned from those people that you work with in terms of what they might be looking for when it comes to new employees?
1: I will say that the soft skills are the most underrated skill you have, right? Because technical things, they can be taught. But if you aren't someone who can show up on time, if you are not somebody who stands by their work, if you're not somebody who knows the value of hard work and you're willing to stay a little bit late to get something done that needs to be done, right? Those are the things that are lost right now, not just Mm -hmm. in the job and in the workforce, but in the world. So if you have mm, yes. those things, you are instantly heads above the competition. And anything that is technical, you can figure it out. You can watch that YouTube video, you can learn it. But you've got to come with those soft skills because those are things that are a whole lot harder to be taught.
0: Mm, so true. I love that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna add a follow up question to that for you, Jesse. I agree with you that soft skills are so important. In my experience in the past, applying for jobs, a lot of time it's submit your resume, which is a list of, you know, jobs, experiences, education, and a cover letter. How do people that are applying communicate those soft skills that they have effectively through the application interview process? Okay, so
1: here is my tri- my my tip for everybody. If you have not heard of Canva, I hope that you've heard of Canva, but if you happen to have not heard of Canva... Go type it in your browser right now. Go get the app on your phone. Canva has resume templates. And on a lot of those resume templates that you can use for free, I might add, there are areas where you can place those technical skills and your soft skills. So, And if there's not, you should make one. Because having those on that resume is a really important part to setting that up. I'll give you another resume tip. Don't go over a page. I know it doesn't matter how many good things you've done in life. Keep it to a page. Everybody wants it on a page. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say about a cover letter is they like resumes are subjective, right? Some people like them. Some people don't. It depends on who is reading it. And it's really, really hard to peg down who is going to be reading that and what they like, right? Because you don't know them and they don't necessarily know you either. So as far as the cover letter goes, I think it's important to include one. But make sure that those soft skills also get placed
0: on that resume. Mm. Canva is my best friend. I probably have like seven Canva windows open right now, which maybe is not the best organizational strategy, but I live and die by Canva. And what's funny is I actually used to be a graphic designer and I basically have ditched all my complex graphic design tools because Canva is so simple and easy. In fact, I had to make a resume recently for... I think it was for Cowgirl Magazine's 30 Under 30. And I was like, shoot, I need to update that bad boy. It's been a while. And I did it in Canva. So yes.
1: Well, there you go. No, and I will also say this, you guys. I am not somebody who is graphically inclined whatsoever. Like I can hardly write my name correctly most days. So as far as me in the creativity realm, it's not there. But let me tell you what, when it comes to Canva and those templates, it is basically like you put your information where they tell you to. And it is wonderful. You look like you could be a graphic designer.
0: Okay. Now, Jesse, very exciting things have happened for you in the last few years since the conception of your business, but a recent new change has also happened. You have recently launched a podcast and I'd love to hear what inspired this next evolution for your business. Well, thank you. We're really excited.
1: As you know, a podcast is a whole other learning curve of a journey, if you will. And we have been thrown for a loop, but it has been so good. So yeah, Leaders of the West, it launched a few weeks ago in June. And what really inspired us to do this is we know that if agriculture is going to continue to feed a growing population, that we ourselves need to grow as well, right? So that doesn't just mean bringing in new people into the fold, but that also means strengthening ourselves, our businesses, you know, our personal development. And I found that there are a lot of great podcasts out there, but when it comes to the business side or the personal development side, the leadership side, the hiring side, of agriculture and Western industries. Not much is there. So we have always done webinars for people on these topics. They've been really well attended. But one of the problems with webinars is we have to do them in the evenings to accommodate everybody's schedules and work. That's Mm -hmm. hard for me Mm -hmm. to do with kids. That's hard for everyone else on our team to do as well. And it takes a lot to market a webinar, right? It's about a six-week process. So there's not that great Like we cannot continue to do them at a rapid rate, whereas podcasts, you can launch a new episode every week and continue to get in the in front of people. So I'm really excited about where this journey is gonna take us.
0: Oh, well, I am so excited for you. And I'm just so excited for us because now we have the opportunity to learn from some of the most brilliant minds in the Western and agriculture industry. And there's already so many amazing podcasts out there for y'all. So make sure to hop over to the podcast Leaders of the West to make sure that you're following, leave a review. It's so, so good. And I cannot wait to hear the more amazing stories that you have coming out of that. I feel like we need to give a shout out because we have the same podcasting manager, Jill Carr Podcasting, who's amazing. Her family ranch is in Kansas. She was also managing your podcast because wow, have we come a long way. I was her guinea pig. She actually, we learned how to podcast together. And it's just so cool that she's helping Others bring their beautiful stories and the stories of others into the world like leaders of the West.
1: Jill is seriously an angel on this earth. She is so kind. She is so good at what she
0: does. I cannot say enough good things about her. Ditto. We love you, Jill. We love you. Oh my gosh. So, so fun. Now, Jesse, the name of the podcast is Climbing with Coach Kaya and it's all about climbing the mountains of life, while finding joy in the journey. And I would love to hear what the mountain is that you are currently climbing in your life or your career?
1: I will say of the West is a really big mountain. And the reason for that is, as we have, we've said numerous times now, right? Like I don't necessarily feel like I'm the best person to be leading this company that creates a lot of imposter syndrome, right? So getting, getting above that, getting my head above the clouds there, if you will, that is a big mountain that I have to climb and getting this platform out to our industry so that we can make the widest and largest impact for good is something that's also really important. There's more than 22 million jobs in American agriculture. We've got a long ways to go and it's going to be a long journey in order to do that. On my personal side of life though, I will say, I feel like parenting is the mountain that I'm climbing. And I say that that's a very vulnerable thing to say, right? I think that I, I love my kids dearly and I want them to know that they are Safe and that they are healthy and happy and that they are loved at the end of the day. But I want to be a better parent. I want to make sure that I am providing them with an atmosphere where they can learn and grow and they're encouraged to fail and just to be a good mom. I feel like that's something that I'm probably a pretty good mom, but I really, really want to work on that so that I can grow two people who are then going to go out into the world and, you know, and bring kindness and love
0: and all of that. Oh, so, so good. I love that. I appreciate being vulnerable and sharing that because I know that any mom listening right now is like, girl, same, I'm with you there. And I think it's also, I'm just really, really encouraged by women like you who are doing the work of being a mom and raising like really good, kind, wonderful humans while also giving yourself space for your ambitions and your dreams to continue to grow and flourish. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I I need to do a secondary question to the of the West of the startup tech company and in the journey of growing as a mom. Where are you finding joy right now in both of those places?
1: You know, I will say that joy is in the journey. And I know that that is a, a mission behind your podcast. But I think so often we get fixated on the destination. And then once we get there, we think, oh, well, that's it. Well, I need to go to the next destination, right? Life is lived in the journey. So honestly, any day, like the next day I come to work, I know, okay, well, I'm a better leader than I was yesterday. Right. So that is like, that is the joy. Every day I'm growing every day. I'm learning. We make mistakes. We have failures, but we, we take those, we use them as knowledge, as power. They're not fun, but they definitely propel us forward.
0: Mm, So, so good. Jesse. I have, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today. And I know that so many of our listeners have as well. Before I let you go, I would love for you to share where people can connect with you, where they can follow you, where they can find jobs, where they can listen. Tell us all the things.
1: Absolutely. So for those of you who are looking for a job or a new employee in the ag or Western space, you can go to www.ofthewest.co, not .com. I know that's a tricky one. Over on Instagram, you can find us at ofthewest.co, and we're Jobs of the West on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. And then for me personally, you can find me on all social platforms at Mrs. J. Jarv. That's M-R-S-J-J-A-R-V.
0: I love it. And we will make sure to have all of those linked down below in the show notes as well. Thank you again, Jesse. just so much for being here and sharing your heart and your wisdom. I know that so many of our listeners are gonna be so inspired by you and your story.
1: Well, thank you, Kaya. It really, really, really means a lot that you would ask to have me. So thank you.
0: Of course. And I know listeners, you're wanting to get more of Jesse Jarvis in your world. So make sure to go over and subscribe to her new podcast, Leaders of the West. There is so much goodness waiting for you there. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review, sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.